Hey, thanks for joining us here on the New Adjuster Podcast. I'm Jeremiah Long, the head video producer here at CNC. We're interviewing a few of our adjusters and trainers, bringing you tons of insider tips and advice for becoming an adjuster, what it's like being deployed, and more. We hope these interviews will help you launch you further into your career as an adjuster. Also, be sure to check out our official YouTube channel at Catastrophe and National Claims. There you will be able to watch the full episodes and the shorter clips of these podcasts. Good afternoon. This is Chris Fowler. I am an insurance adjuster, a second, let's see, a second generation insurance adjuster, and uh, I've been doing this for 33 years. Love the insurance business. Um, when I was trying to get my friends involved in the business to to go with me to um, you know so that we could form a team, then um, you know, I would tell them all the exotic places we were traveling to and things like that. So. Uh, uh, they all got excited about the travel, the money, seeing the catastrophes and whatnot, and then also the challenge of the insurance policies. And so, um, you know, today I'm just kind of curious to ask you guys, you know, what what was the number one thing when you came to uh, someone? What? How did you get started? David, let's start with you. Um, what okay. got you started in the business? Okay. Um, first of all, I'm David James. I'm the property claims training manager here at uh, CNC. Been here since February of this year. Uh, prior to that, um, I got started in the business in 2011. Um, Hurricane Irene, I believe it was, went to the East Coast. <clears throat> I was I was in the banking financial industry uh, during that time, and you know. Um, Somebody said, come and make a lot of money, right? Yeah. There's yeah. a storm coming. Come yeah. make a lot of money because that's kind of the call that I got. Mm-hmm. Well, I've been through, I think I'd gone through the fourth, maybe the fourth or the fifth merger at that time with banks, and I was kind of over all of it. So knew uh, several people that, that worked at um, an IA firm. I reached out to them and said, hey, are, are y'all hiring? You know, I'm looking to do something different. And, of course, they said, we're always looking. So, But what drew you to it? Um, helping people, helping you people, know, uh, going okay. back to, to listening to stories. I mean, here on the Gulf coast, we have, you know, hurricanes is nothing, um, foreign to us here. So, um, talking to friends and like I said, I've got a network of friends that, that do that, that's been in the business for a while and, and listening to what they do for the, for the folks and being able to relate to them and, um, uh, really help them put their lives back together. Plus, you know, make good money at it. So that's what uh, drew my interest and in, um, got in it in 2011. Well, my name is Todd Eisenberg. Ta- yep. <laughs> Sorry. My name's <laughs> no problem. My name's Todd Eisenberg. I'm the flood training manager here at CNC. And I started in the insurance business while I was an active duty Marine. And I started from personal tragedy. So I was on deployment in Fort Polk, Louisiana. And my wife called me and said, hey, our house is burning down. Can you come home? And I says, well, I've got 300 Marines in the air. I'll be there when I get there. Wow. (laughs) And so I had to make sure they were all safe because I was the operations chief at that time. And then I drove home that night, and my house was destroyed. Wow. Well, I got through all that. I tore my house down, just did everything with all my family. But I met the insurance adjuster, and he came out. 
And the first thing he did was he blamed my son. And he said, I can see where he started the fire right here. And I says, well, I've got the fire marshal report saying, no, you're wrong. Dennis. Well, he continued to do that through a week's worth of investigation. And to make a long story short, I just, there was some confrontation between us. The police were called. Hmm. And I just told myself that I want to change that whole attitude. Good for I want you. to change it. So that's what got me into the business. And really? when Hurricane Katrina hit, I signed up with another IA firm and went to work right then. And I'd been in it ever since. So you just wanted to change the business. I wanted and to you change wanted to the help business. People. Right. And I kind of wanted to travel, and I heard you can make a lot of money and, and you know, <laughs> get rich quick scheme and all of that. So, uh, right. so yeah, initially – when we did start, um, I was using uh, uh, Polaroid cameras and um, handwritten estimates and yep. things like that, and we would be given a price list. So what would an adjuster today like? Uh, I mean, what do you need to get started? So I, I do meet people from time to time, and, and they ask me, what do I need to do? I just tell them to call Human Resources. But what else is there? What do you do? Uh, David, let's ask you. Uh, there's so many tools out there to get started. You mean as far as, you know, it depends on if you're looking from the field or from the desk, uh, what aspect of the of the career or what stage are you at? Um, to get started in the industry, you know, you just got to have uh, the willingness to learn, and that's really with any uh, career, but be open-minded. Uh, okay. Customer service is just as, um, that, that mindset is just as big as the knowledge of construction itself, but... Okay. You know, that's... So let's say I see a, um, a hurricane coming in and, and I start to hear this buzz and I start to see people get excited. Um, how should I get prepared as far as, you know, how do I know, am I going to be working wind claims? If you don't know anything about the business, Todd... I, I can answer that. Answer because, that. I mean, it was really quite interesting with Hurricane Katrina because I started out just like that. Mm -hmm. I knew what I wanted to do as an mm -hmm. active Marine. So when Hurricane Katrina hit, I said, okay, well, I want to do this. Well, I was still an active duty Marine. So I went to, well, I filled out an application. That was the very first thing I had to do. I went to a company, filled out the application. And they said, okay, well, Hurricane Katrina hit here. Now you got to go to training. So I went to training and then they dumped me on the front door of someone's house I didn't have any experience. I didn't know anything. And I, I even asked the policyholder at that time. I said, hey, sir, I heard you got damaged. Can you show me what it is? <laughs> so I kind of made it happen. And then from then on, this is the biggest thing I think that's out there. From then on, I knew what I wanted to do because I was helping that individual, and I knew what I had to learn. So I practiced, I learned, I studied, I did everything I possibly could. You know, like David said, there's a lot of tools out there. I had them all. I had construction for dummies. Even though I knew how to build homes and stuff, I had construction for dummies, something like that, to help me with that, understanding everything. I did everything I could to learn what my job was. So, so I showed up at the next house. I knew what to do. So you have to know about construction? Is that something that would be kind of required to be an adjuster? 
Yeah, I think so. Whether you're dealing with property or even with flood. I mean, there are two different aspects. It depends which one you want to go to. But yeah, there's a set of tools you need for property adjusting. And there's a set of tools you need for flood adjusting. What about auto adjusting? Yeah, that's another tool. <laughs> Completely. You need to know about cars. You need to know need something to know about cars. Okay, so sure. I'm, um, I'm working at a tire store, and <clears throat> I am serving. I'm not, but I, but this is a this is a situation. I met a gentleman, and um, he wanted to get into the business. Right. He had just gotten out of the service, and I thanked him for his service because I appreciate the military so much, so very much. And um, I mentioned my company to him and sent him to our website, and and we uh, talked a little bit. And he was asking me these questions like, "What do I need?" So I told him a computer, a camera, money. You need to have some money in order to get started. You need to have a backup plan because when you leave, okay, so a hurricane is coming in and your name wasn't even on a list, right, Todd? Your right. name wasn't on a list. You just got on a list. How long did that, that even take? I mean, did you have to be licensed to do this? Did they just say, hey, come to work, you're going to make a lot of money, and that's it? Well, at that time, back in 2005, there wasn't a license required for the state of Alabama, but now there is, mm-hmm. so you've got to get that license. But it was just, again, filling out an application, being approved by the company to come work, and going through their training. And we have the same thing here at CNC. You know, you have to go through the application process. You have to go through the HR, and you have to go through the training. What about that license? Is it hard to get? What do you let think, me, David? Let me go back to the, kind of uh, just give you a, uh, how I got into it and what I did mm-hmm. uh, from the from the when I first okay. started. I like I said, I have I don't I didn't have much construction experience. Okay, uh, you know, I played sports pretty much my entire life. They say anybody you know, can do it, and you can. Um, graduated from college and went into the finance um, business, and then called up my buddy and asked him if they were hiring. They said, yeah, so I just dove right in, really, and took a leap of faith and, and go in. And I'll never forget <clears throat> when you go in, and it was during the hurricane, they had, you know, there's thousands and thousands of policyholders out there that are filing claims for damages. So you sit down, and I sat down, and I had 72 or 75 claims assigned to me already. And I sat down. And, um, it's going through your mind. <laughs> like, Crazy. You've never done this. You have left was, your home. I was looking right? around the corner. I was like, I'm really supposed to be doing this. What am I supposed to be doing? Yeah. And turn on the computer. and um, You knew how to turn on computer. So yeah. That's a, yeah, and talk to people. You know, Talking to you people. Know, yeah, definitely. Know how to talk to people. And, and the customer service uh, piece of it. 100% that, of that it. That goes with, I mean, that's every day that we, we, when we think about what you do every day. You know, you're, you're going to order food and, and – you know, you have to learn, you have not to learn, but you need to know how to talk to people and treat people. Right. And, and yep. my biggest thing is is uh, teaching folks is always try to get them to understand is put yourself in the customer's shoes. Mm-hmm. What would you want to know? Mm-hmm. What are going to be your questions? What would be your questions? And kind of start from there and lead into, you know, as far as how the claim experience goes, every claim is going to be different. There's, mm-hmm. there's, every claim is not going to fit into the one mold. You can get a description of the claim and the damages, and you think, "Oh, well, this is the, this is like the last one that I that I just worked and, and helped this customer." No, it's not going to be. Some of it may be, but there's going to be different variables in there. So, I was fortunate enough to um, just lean on 
others around me and ask questions that I didn't know. And with technology today, Google can teach you anything. I shouldn't say teach you anything, but you can Google anything and, and learn from it. And what you don't know, you've got to, you've got to take, you've got to have that initiative and that a drive and that drive to want to learn yeah. to where don't be dependent on everybody yep. to do your job for you. Get started and then show that initiative and come back and say, you know, what about this? I looked this up or, or I've, I've read this or I learned this. I did this and I just I can't get this. I can't get this piece of it. What is that? Instead of just saying, hey, can you help me? Can you call this person and help me work this phone? Right. I don't, I don't know what to do. Compared to I know what to do. I've got to this point, but this is what I think I may need. Is that right or wrong or what do you think? But, but what was that experience like initially getting thrown into it? <clears throat> Todd, you were just. You, you put yourself into the situation. You got your first claim. They You said they dumped you out. Is yeah. that what you said? Yeah. They dumped you out. <laughs> they did. They just said. And then you were asking the policyholder, what do I do? Yeah. <laughs> Literally. At least you were honest. Yeah. I mean, I had 60 claims down in Hurricane Katrina. How did you organize this? How did you call these people? How many how many claims did you have? I had 60 claims in Hurricane Katrina. So how did you I get those know. claims? Did somebody hand them to you in, a, in an envelope and say, here, and then tell you, here, go call these people. Did they tell you you need to write an estimate? You're going to have to take pictures. How did this go down? Yeah, basically, we, we all went to a big gym, and they kind of put this computer, pro- yep, this computer program up there and said, this is a computer program you're going to use. What was that? That was MSB at that time. Which is an estimating program. Yeah, estimating which, program, which so is you no got longer. To, you got to automatically get into um, – um, estimating online you you never got a chance to or did you did you handwrite um well i learned how to handwrite real quick because i didn't understand the program because they didn't teach us program i had to learn the program on my own and just like david said i was googling it i was doing everything i could to figure out how to the tools we have a room i mean yeah the tools are incredible now that we have Mm -hmm. but yeah so i would do everything on paper i would do everything on paper. I would write all my notes. I would write the whole entire estimate on uh, the piece of paper, just like they did in the old days, because that's what I had. Mm-hmm. I had a friend that did it old days, and in the olden days, and he said, just write it all down. Don't miss anything. Just write everything you see down, and they'll figure it out at the end, what you can pay for. So that's what I did. Were I you, went into a house. Were you worried in, in the process? I was like, terrified. <laughs> I yeah. didn't know how to do this stuff. I didn't even know how to talk to the policyholder. I'm so just how did me. You get over that. How how do you overcome something like that? Because it's just something that I'm not natural at, or my ability is. It was just me. I knew what I had to do. I knew what my job was. So I had to just be. I don't, I don't know if this is the correct word to use. Forthcoming. I just had to forthcoming. F- I had to figure it out. I had to do it right then and just learn from my mistakes. Mm-hmm. And guess what? I got better. You get better, and you always get better because you're going to improve from one claim to the next claim or next policyholder to the next policyholder. But what kind of tools did you take with you the first time? Nothing. So you, you just had— I didn't even know I needed a tape you measure. You had a piece of paper with a phone number in it, and you didn't have a tape measure. No. No one told me I needed a tape wow, measure. Wow, it's a lot different today now, isn't it? We've yeah. got a lot of good training that can help these— No one told me, no one told me I needed a camera. No one told me anything. And you've been doing this now for how many years? Since 2004. And been very successful. Yep. And, David, what about you? You know, 
I've been doing it since 2011, and again, it's just going back to it. Really, a lot of folks get into this business um, when there's a huge event, mm-hmm. right? Um, right. If you ask, if you nine times or eight times out of ten, do they stay? It, you've got to figure that out if it's right for you at first. If this is what you want to do, how do you um, know? You just you. It's going to click real quick if you have a passion for it or not, because you know, I'm not going to quote any say quotes and different things I, I like quotes but it really is if if you enjoy what you do then really the time passes to where you're not watching the clock to see if it's ready to, it's time to go get off work or whatever if right. you enjoy doing that so right to me that's when you know it's for you or not right when you enjoy doing that and not dreading to go to work um going back to it it's just investing in yourself you know writing yep. down taking notes i took notes of, of whenever i was sitting there or wherever i was if i didn't know something I'd, I was afraid to, um, at first, to let somebody or to feel like somebody knew that I didn't know. I didn't admit that. Mm-hmm. I was going to figure it out on my own after the fact. Um, but then you get you ask questions and you learn from that. Just like uh, I think you had mentioned it, you were tired to mention it earlier about the licensing. Um, <clears throat> State of Alabama required a test whenever I got into it, so I took the test and passed it. How was that test? Um, was you know, it, it was – I've Not heard it's really difficult. I don't know. Truthfully. No. If you pay attention and you and you look at the material and you take the time to learn it. Well, I'm gonna be honest. Yeah. I know property and um okay, I know property. That's that's all that I knew when I got started when I was eighteen. Mm-hmm. And um that test they they killed me. The tests are difficult. Um yeah. I know that we have a lot of good training to help the adjusters. There's some uh, courses that we provide here. Todd, you help them. Both both of you guys help them a bunch. Um, But I know that there's inland marine, there's uh, liability, there's personal auto policies, there's all kinds of stuff that we don't even really deal with. We deal with property and automobiles. So, but not to interrupt you, I'm sorry. No, you're good. I was going to actually elaborate on that a little bit as far as uh, getting a license uh, as we – we're working claims or as I work the claims, uh, you know, from an adjuster standpoint, the more licenses you have, the more deployable Definitely. you are yeah. and the more people yeah. you can help. And, Why is and that, the, though? Well, not every state requires a license. Um, but you know, many states but do. A lot of them do. And, and that's why it's you're more deployable because if there's a claim in Florida and you don't have a license in Florida, then you're not going to get the work. You can't get you, you can't, okay. you can't You can't help that policyholder and you're not going to have that work. Um, what I did is I learned from others is, um, you know, I tried to, to add or get a license, um, if not every week, every other week, um, as I got paid, I tried to make it a point wow. to try to obtain the license. So you knew just you were to going to do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just cause I knew I, again, I had the passion. I, I love helping people and, um, being able to relate to them and, and just, um, you know, try to put them back to where they were. I, I I don't it, the destruction of it. I've 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 knock on wood. I've haven't had to um, go through that, but I've seen many folks go through it. And um, you know, I just it's just a great feeling helping people and seeing them um, yep. get how, back to how much work. does the test cost? Y'all know every or, every state differs. So I it know. can get pretty expensive. Yeah, it can. Some are 100, some are even more than that. Some are 80. I just helped an adjuster get his license for Florida yesterday. It was $60. 
Just to renew. Just to renew. Just to renew. So you've got to pay to get your license. You've got to pay to get trained to get your license because it's not that easy to pass. You can't just go in there and just pass it. And in my day in Alabama, you just signed a piece of paper and said, I want to be an insurance adjuster. And then I was. Yeah. And then people would say, what kind of qualifications (laughs) do you have to have? And I'd be like, well. um, You have to, uh, you know, as far as pay to, to, as long as when you first start out, you, you should get your home state. Um, if it is that a requirement? If some it depends on where you live. If you don't have the state that you're in, that your home state. If it doesn't have okay. a license, then you need to have a designated home state. Um, you should appoint yourself and have a designated home state. But um, if you get your your home state license, a lot of states reciprocate off of that license. They don't require you to take their own test. You can just as long as you um, okay apply. Yeah, and get but this that can license. get pretty expensive. Just for the licensing, and it's every year you have to renew your license? Depends on the state. Some states are 12 months, some states are 24. Um, I have the New York license, and um, that... uh, Don't tell anybody. (laughs) 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 Yeah, that was was fun uh, to get that license. Yep. Um, But it's a tough test. So how much do y'all spend on, on licenses each year, probably? Well, property in this case is different than flood. Because I'm a flood training and I only do flood claims, Mm -hmm. I'm only required to go and follow the FEMA guidelines to get my license for that. And then it's a federal control number for that. And I can work in any state. Now, if I want to work private flood claims, I have to have a state license to work those claims. So as a flood adjuster like myself, I get Alabama, which is my home state. Then I've got Florida, Texas, because they reciprocate. And then I just kind of hit the coast, you know, the eastern shoreboard of where I can do private flood claims also. So South Carolina, North Carolina, and I can keep moving. And that's my goal is to keep moving up the coast and just gathering those for flood claims. Okay. So starting back out, like you like you mentioned, those states. Um, but uh, as far as the cost goes, it, it depends on how many you have, really. Um, you know, you have, like myself, 20 or or more licenses. I mean, you get into the thousand, twelve hundred dollars, um, you know, cost as far as renewing those per um, year. Yeah, depending on when they renew. Do you make enough right. money um, to cover that? You better budget for it for sure. You better budget you, you, for it. That's that's part of your, you know, your. Uh, well, Todd mentioned that I could just you, do flood claims, mm-hmm. and then I wouldn't have to have a license. Yeah, but the guidelines are a little more strict. I mean, you've got to meet the FEMA requirements. You've got to go through their training package or theirs, you know, four years, depending on what IA firm you're going to work for. You've got to go through their requirements, too. So Okay, I just want to just start doing claims. I want to be like y'all did and just see a storm coming and say, see the dollar signs and get, get you know, get all excited, which is not, you know, I say that, um, uh kind of in a in joking manner because that's what everybody always thinks. You get into this, you make a lot of money, and then you never have to work again, but there's a lot more to it. There's an initial investment. Oh, you've yeah. got your licenses. You've got to be trained. Yep. You mentioned property, flood. You mentioned auto. We haven't even talked about auto. So um, what else is there? Is there? You talked about an estimating program. Do I have to pay for that as well? Yeah, I think that's one of the concerns right now is um, technology is changing. The old school way was on pad and paper, going through there, measuring the house, doing it. 
times have changed. Now it's a technological error. So now you've got your computer out there with the estimating software. You've got the iPad out there with the estimating software. You've got digital cameras, but the iPad and your digital camera can use as one. You've got software that can be applied to all those devices, and you can use those out in the field. And then you got to find out which software the IA firm's using. You know, CNC, we use Xactimate, and we use that whole suite. So it's very easy because all the programs are within that one package. And then it's just learning that. you got to be willing to adapt, though, because, again, times are changing. From last year to this year, times have changed. It's now easier to use that software training going through that stuff. But you got to be willing to invest the time and, again, the money to do the training correctly. Time and money. Yep. So... Again, I see a storm coming, and I didn't invest any time or any money. I just see that a storm's coming, and I hear everybody's going to make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. What do I do? You can, I mean, if that's what you want to do, it depends on the storm and the state, and there's lots of variables that come into play, but just generally speaking, from new, you just jump in. You may you may have a, the opportunity to get an emergency license and, and just work okay. that particular storm. Then how what? will I know what to do, though, if I didn't prepare? And you have to figure. You're gonna be figuring just like that you out guys. You so, go. so it's best to be prepared. So, mm-hmm. if I am considering a career in doing this, then I kind of need to have a little bit of a plan. My so, to look to back, you know how you y'all got into this. What would you give? It, what kind of advice would you give to somebody, David? Um, as far as you know, I'd find somebody how to really who's get in started. the business and ask them what they like about it and what they don't like about it, and I would network and. Mm-hmm. There's, like you said, nowadays, there's there's all type of uh, groups and chats on social media um, that you can look at, look at their comments. Um, because, you know, not everybody's, everyone's not going to fit into one mold. Everybody's different, right? But just because someone has uh, a difference of opinion about something in particular may not mean that that goes across the board for everybody. Mm-hmm. So I would network and then find out uh, what works for folks, what they don't like, like we said, and just... Um, look into different firms, see where, um, get on their rosters. Look and see what they're, what carriers they work for. Look into the carriers and see what claims, what type of claims they work, and just you know, get as much information as you can as a whole. That way, you can make a better informed decision on if that's for you or not. If this is for you, you know, there's another aspect of the whole conversation too. Mm-hmm. is, you know, you talk about going to the field and making lots of money. Yeah. Well, you don't have to do that. You can stay right at home and work for that company as a desk adjuster or an inside help or inside support, something like that, where you might not be making the same amount of money as that adjuster out in the field that's away from home, traveling, has to live in a hotel, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't have his home-cooked food from his wife or significant other, whatever. Now you can live at your house you work in that office as a desk adjuster, the qualifications might not all be there that you have to get a state license, but what it really does for you is it really gives you a sense, is this what I want to do with my life? Kind of a stepping stone. Yeah, it gives you a good stepping stone. I mean, some of the best training I've ever had was working in the office for, you know, two years, three years, four years to be exact learning how to write claims, learning what the carrier wanted, learning how to do it, learning what the company wanted. Mm -hmm. Then I went out to the field, and guess what? Voila, I could start making a lot of money because I had made all those stepping stones first 
by just working in the office. Interesting. And sure. I stepped. That was my step one, you know. Well, step one was thrown out to the field. Right, right. But then I came back and regrouped, and right. I was able to get that office training. And mm-hmm. that was that was the most valuable thing I've ever done. And I advise that to anybody. As a matter of fact, part one of this training conversation, when Derek and Will were in here, they came to the training classes. Guess mm-hmm. where they started? In the office. They were working upstairs in the flood department, learning. And guess, as soon as Hurricane Etta hit, they were out to the field. And ready to go. And ready to go. And they knew how to handle it. Sure, they had to overcome some right. steps. But because they worked in the office, because they came to the training because they were technological savvy and everything, they knew what they needed. They were better prepared out in the field. Right. Right. They put, they, they put the time in yep. before it actually happened. So that's oh. the best way to get started. Get a license and then maybe find work inside. That's I, one way. I, yeah, I wouldn't say it's the best way. I think that's one option. Yeah. Um, in my experience, I've, I've uh, experienced and heard from folks and talked to folks in the network um that there's a mutual respect for between the desk adjuster or the de- the inside operation and the outside operation because each one of them is its own uh, animal you know i mean in the field you, you have different things to do to keep up with versus the inside they you know they come in and and, and says oh, wow you have to do all this and all these processes in place and, and it's you know you're, you're kind of yeah, out in the field, you're your own boss, really. Okay, you're so your own schedule. You're your own Planning. boss, mm-hmm. so I would have to cover all of my expenses. Mm-hmm. Yep. I will not have any insurance. Not if you're an independent. An independent, meaning I'm working for myself. Right, yeah. right. You have to budget for that. Thank you for listening to this episode of the New Adjuster Podcast by CNC. We hope it was helpful. Be sure to follow CNC to stay updated about all of our upcoming new episodes. Leave us a review on whatever platform you're listening from, and we hope to see you again soon.